Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's the Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my world-famous and cover girl, uh, Leanne Whippen. I'll tell you more about that later. Um, and we have the usual suspects hanging around the studios here, and we, as we call them, the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland. And we are now officially part of the USA Radio Networks. I'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. We thank them very much for supporting this show. There's a new channel out on, on um, your television set, especially if you've got Roku. It's called the Distillery Channel. And as you know, once in a while, we do talk about spirits on this show because we're all such lively spirits. Uh, Rob Ladd, who's headed up the distillery channel here, was one of the impetuses of uh, making it happen, is on the show today. Rob, how are you? Great. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I, uh, you know, I'm back in central Illinois and it's wintertime, a little chilly out. So I wandered out to uh, one of my favorite little watering holes here in town. Uh, to J.K. Williams Distillery, and maybe get a little nip to warm me up and give it a go. Loosen the tongue. That's what that's what you do. It's and yes, chilly it is- here in Florida too. Oh, tell me about it, please. It is. Let me look at the temperature. I think it's in the fifties. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we we had almost 70, 70 degree days for a major part of last week, and then today it's forty two. So that's why I got the sweater on because it's it's cold here. Anyway, uh, let's find out about the distillery channel, Rob. What? And I know you do tours and stuff. So let's start with the channel, though. What caused you to say, wow, I've got an idea. I think it would be great to do this type of programming. And where did that all come from? Well, about eight years ago, uh, my partner and I, Randy Weckerly, who we have a deep background in the world of golf. Uh, we decided to start a media company, and we thought, well, the world of golf has all those great sponsorships like Rolex and Cadillac and whatnot, you know, in kind of the high-end market. And we know that uh, being golfers, that we like to frequent the 19th hole and maybe have a sip or two, tell a few lies after the round of golf. So we decided to start a media company called the Distillery Channel to try and tie the two worlds together and get exposure for the craft beverage industry and try and hook them up with the golfers, you know, tell the golfers uh, about the great distilleries, wineries, breweries, and even barbecue joints that they might visit uh, on the tour. And that's kind of where we started. And we've been gradually evolving as companies do. Uh, We've done several thousand social media pieces of interviews and talking heads types things. So we had the opportunity to get on Roku, move up to the big screen. So we took it. And this just happened here just before the first of the year. So now we're in the process of 
finding content, content producers for uh, craft beverage, travel, food, all the good things in life. And uh, we, uh, we can bring a lot of eyeballs through uh, our many subscribers. And uh, we're just excited and uh, really looking forward to the adventure. So what had you, well, let me back that up a second. Did you, had you ever done any television before? Had you ever been involved in, um, you know, culinary tours, beverage tours, anything like that? Or was this just something that you guys sat around in the clubhouse one day and said, let's do this? <laughs> well, Randy, uh, my partner, he has had extensive experience in media over the years, TV and, and radio both. Myself, I was in the golf course construction business for 20 years, traveling the country and, you know, being with construction crews. You know, we might have stumbled into an establishment or two along the way across the country. So that just kind of, um, you know, we melded things together. And with the craft beverage industry just kind of exploding with new distilleries and breweries opening every day, um, we just thought it's, uh, it's a subject that people would be interested in. And people, we know people love to travel. And of course, you know, we've been dealing with the pandemic the last couple of years. So in the midst of that, uh, we decided to start a Facebook group, Facebook group called uh, Craft Beverage and Culinary Tours to help support the small businesses that were being affected by, by the pandemic. So we fired that group up, have better than 4,000 members and a lot of uh, individual businesses to kind of do our part to help things along. And has that worked out for you? Oh, it's great. You know, uh, like I say, we've got, we've got about 4,000 members. Uh, I try to post up, you know, 15, 20 posts a day along with other people too, but to just highlight uh, the small businesses and places you might enjoy traveling to and visiting. Um, so it's, it's a fun little thing. It takes up quite a bit of time, but you know, it feels like maybe we're doing our part to support the small businesses. I love that. Um, so you say you have 4,000 subscribers to Facebook, correct? Correct. Um, so how are you doing with the Roku channel? Is that in tandem? I mean, do they carry over to that or is it a separate entity? No, the, the Roku channel is kind of themed on the what we do in the craft beverage industry in that we try and highlight, you know, wineries, breweries, distilleries, restaurants, places to travel. You know, it's just kind of a a supplementary complimentary thing the the facebook group was kind of our philanthropic thing to do in the midst of the pandemic to try and help what we could now the roku channel is for profit shame on me but you know. uh, so we have um, access to about five million people that we can uh, send to the channel to watch our shows so as we progress along we know we're going to be able to have a great viewership and like I say, just looking forward to the adventure that's coming. How many adventures have you and your partner been on yourself? <laughs> um, Pre-pandemic, uh, pre I was on the road a lot, um, visiting all over the country. Of course, Randy has also. I don't even have a count on how many, but that was our primary thing. And we were doing media pieces you know, while we were on location to, uh, you know, just kind of tell a story about a particular brewery and his philosophy on uh, the beers he's brewing or distiller, whether he be grain to glass or, you know, just trying to get that story out there, make something interesting that people would enjoy watching. So um, there's been a lot, too many to count. Now that, 
you know, the pandemic is certainly easing up and we're all going to be able to move around more freely. You know, we intend to get back on the road and just pick right up where we left off. Great. So, so you can't, you can't remember the exact number. I have that same problem. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I'm way too old to remember. <laughs> <laughs> so what have been some of the highlights that you've uh, come across in your travels? Well, I, um, right ahead of the pandemic, I was, went down into uh, the Knoxville, Tennessee area, and this was a lot of the moonshiners. Um, that was really cool. I mean, really good people. Uh, made friends with a lot of them down there. And of course, there's a, if uh, you watch the, the moonshiners on Discovery Channel, uh, got to meet a lot of those people and uh, say, made some great friendships. Uh, met a great barbecue cook down in that part of the world. That's probably going to be, hopefully, bringing a show onto our network about moonshine and barbecue. Um, you know, I, I traveled in, with my golf course building days, I traveled all 50 states and different parts of the world and have, have experiences from all around there. Um, I loved Alaska, spent about 30 days in Alaska on one of my projects. That was really awesome. Um, but, you know, we just meet good people everywhere we go. What about the food? That's, <laughs> that's kind of our deal here is the food. Can, can, you, yeah. <laughs> can you see my girth? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's yeah. wh that's why I use a green screen, so you can't really see all of me. You know that that works out for me just fine. Yes, I, I yes, I I really enjoy cooking and I enjoy new new food. Wherever I can eat something new from a different culture or whatnot, uh, of course, barbecue is high on my list. Um, there's some great barbecue joints in Texas. Just kind of an endless supply of those. Uh, been to a lot of them. Uh, we have a few good places, believe it or not, in Central Illinois where you can get barbecue, uh, besides my backyard. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, food's always good. You're not too far from uh, Mike and Amy Mills' place there, are you? Uh, yeah, not, not too far at all. Yeah, 17th Street. It's a great place. Yeah, it is. It, it is. Uh, we lost Mike last year, but... Uh, I think Amy's going to carry on the tradition there. She's a soldier. She's a barbecue soldier. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. When you're filming this stuff, Rob, <clears throat> what do you look for in a story or for content for a story? Well, if we're talking to, let's just take in the distillery world, um, the, the storyline is kind of grain to glass. The guys who are out there, there's a, there's a number of farmers that are also put into distillery. So they are actually raising their own crops that they're distilling. For one example, be Whiskey Acres in Northern Illinois. Um, that They do a tremendous job. We went out and rode the combine uh, with Jamie while he was picking corn and, and filmed that process. And that corn got turned into great bourbon. Um, and of course, uh, I visit a lot of restaurants with the, the farm to table concept and, um, you know, really featuring good whole foods, healthy foods and from local producers. So that's kind of near and dear to my heart because I grew up on the farm and uh, just believing that, you know, a healthier diet is better for us. Oh, yeah, I exemplify that. 
So well, how do we find your, your channel? It is currently running. It's on Roku. Like I have Roku, so I'm kind of excited about this. So do I just go to the distillery channel and you're there or do I have to subscribe or? Yeah, just go into the Roku app store. Mm -hmm. and you'll see the button to subscribe to the distillery channel. And you'll say subscribe and magically our icon will appear on your TV screen. There you go. We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back with Rob Ladd from the Distillery Channel. Uh, Leanne and I will be back with Rob in just a minute. Don't go away. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Leanne Whippen. By the way, the cover girl there, you... you uh. I yeah, that was top secret. <laughs> By the time this show airs, it'll it'll be out there. It'll be out there. You didn't know that, Rob, but Leanne has made the cover of National Bar, the Barbecue News magazine. Wow. And it's a great cover. I was privy to see the, the mock up of it and stuff, the finished product. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. But it, it was pretty cool. Um, if you'd like to email us, you can just go to barbecuenationjt.com and there's a Scroll down right there on the first page, and there's a place to reach out to us. Also, we're on Facebook. Uh, Leanne's got about 7 million subscribers, I think, mm, no. at this point. <laughs> and uh, so we've got Barbecue Nation, and then each of us have our personal uh, Facebook pages. Also, the same thing with Twitter. You've got a Barbecue Nation Twitter account, and then my account and Leanne's account. And so there's all kinds of ways to reach out to us. And um, we do answer questions once in a while, but they have to be, they, have, they always get referred to the lawyers first. So, well, now we aren't going to get any questions. We're not going to get any questions. <laughs> I, I kind of did that intentionally, but uh, no, it's all good. So, back with Rob Ladd here from the Distillery Channel. The television business is tough. Leanne and I have knocked around in it for a while in different sides of the country and different programming, but it's very tough. Did you know how tough it was when you started? Um, yes. Like I say, my partner, Randy Weckley, had quite a bit of experience in TV and radio. Right. So, yeah, we, we were pretty well aware. And, you know, being embedded in the golf industry, we'd had some connections with the, um, the Golf Channel and um, the big PGA merchandise show. Uh, so, yeah, we weren't total newbies. And, uh, you know, quite honestly, so far, so good. Let's talk about your programming a little bit. I was looking at your lineup and you have, you've kind of got a variety of shows. You've got a barbecue show on there. You've got a, a show about the 19th hole. You've got a, um, a show where the lady and I, I, I didn't split the screen here, so I can't see it directly. So I don't remember her name, but talks about healthy eating and all that. What are, what all are you looking for as far as programming and it, what are the parameters? Well, you know, quite honestly, we really, uh, you know, are looking to expand as much as possible. You know, primarily, you know, we like to stay in, in food, beverage, travel, you know, in those arenas because, you know, people eat every day. They tend to drink often and they love to travel. Uh, but, you know, other genres, you know, we're looking to do some reality shows, you know, the slice of life thing, uh, particularly 19th hole. Uh, you know, it's the golfers after the round, you know, 
drinking a beer, telling lies, uh, you know, talking about their personal lives. You know, it's more uh, your typical reality type show. Um, we do, like I say, we are in the process with the Shine and Dine uh, barbecue and moonshine show. Um, and we have a number of other projects that are developmental that, you know, I can't really talk about right now because they're not official. And then we're talking with a great number of other content producers, some who have existing content that we hope to bring on board and others that will be working on projects that will take several months to bring to fruition. Um, but, you know, it's just uh, getting on here and growing the channel. Uh, streaming seems to be where it's at. Everybody's trying to cut the cable, you know, and uh, get good streaming content. And as of right now, we're going to be a free channel. We're not going to charge to subscribe. You know, maybe somewhere down the road we will. But as of now, it is free. And a lot of people search for that uh, who are doing streaming, you know, search for that free stuff. And hopefully, you know, they will find us and enjoy what we're doing and continue to watch. Well, we cut the cable here. All we do is a, a couple of streaming services at, at our house. We get everything we had before without the ridiculous high cable. Yeah, bill. I cut so, mine too. Yeah, it's, I think it's, as, as um, uh, Rob was saying, it's kind of the wave of the future, but it's here already because you can, you can do that. Uh, <clears throat> took a couple of adjustments about who was going to control the remote around here. But other than that, it's, it's been pretty good. What um, are there things you want to do you personally, Rob, uh, that you haven't done yet as far as your travel and your shows and, you know, craft uh, brewing and distilleries? Yeah, what, I mean, we'd really like to do to get up a real high level production of if you're familiar with diners, drive-ins and dives on Food Network. Sure. Uh, High Theory travels around and it gives a huge boost to every restaurant he visits. They just blow up. And that was kind of the kind of the dream, or you may call it, that I've always had. That if we could do a similar thing for the craft beverage in, industry, you know, do a high level production of traveling around and acquainting people with all these great distilleries, wineries, breweries, barbecue joints, you know, uh, around the country. And thus then they prosper because people saw them on our show. Well, that's that's a good deal. That's commendable. That's, like that. that's very commendable. What about sampling? Do you get to do a lot of sampling? <laughs> yes, and yeah, I am you know personally not a huge consumer of alcohol, but I do get a lot of samples sent home with me or mailed to me. Um, you know, for you know various reasons for to try out or to do little product endorsements for or whatever ever. So. I, you know, I get them mostly from the world of alcohol. Now I'm really open to sampling barbecue. So <laughs> if you wanted to send me something, you know, gold belly or DoorDash or whatever, you know, I would gladly sample that. I, I understand completely. We get a, we get a few samples every week ourselves, not so much of what other people have cooked, but what they're cooking with. So that, you know, that works out, uh, Oh, it's worked out pretty well for me. And Leanne's gotten on board with that. So I think, are you happy with that? Fantastic. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can use the grill. Just put it out. There. <laughs> how can people find the show? How can people find how to contact you for the distillery channel? Well, you can go to our website, just the distillerychannel.com. You can find us on 
Facebook um, at the next taste, along with the distillery channel. A lot of the productions we do are branded as the next taste, meaning the next taste in travel, the next taste in bourbon, the next taste in barbecue. Uh, so that's that's kind of theme there. Of course, we'd love to have you uh, join our Facebook group, Craft Beverage and Culinary Tours, because uh, we can always use a few more members. And we think we put up some interesting articles and interesting places to visit. Well, that's good. We're talking with Rob Ladd here from uh, the Distillery Channel. And uh, Rob, I want to thank you for being with us here today. And um, we're going to be following up with you very closely. Well, thank you. You're welcome. We'll be back in just a minute. If you're enjoying JT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-pilot. Guess who she is? Miss Leanne Whippin, cover girl. Uh-huh. Hey. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends and beef the way nature intended. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Also, Gunter Wilhelm Knives. What do you think, Leanne? You like those babies? I love them. I have them beautifully displayed on my kitchen cabinet so i can easily get to them um yeah i have the whole set and i think i've used every single one except the cleaver so far well amazing there's hope for that um using the cleaver i mean uh <laughs> don't forget you can check us out online at barbecuenationjt.com um we want to thank Rob Ladd for being in the first couple of segments of this show. And I'm sure we will hear more about uh, the distillery channel going forward. Now we've asked my old friend, Eric Gornson from around the house who just made his way back to the uh, great white North territory here. Um, and just came from Orlando. Hey buddy, how are you doing? Good brother. How are you doing? I'm good. Hello, Leanne. Hello. Welcome to the show. Can't wait to hear about Orlando. Well, I should have asked you on places to go get steaks when I was in Orlando because I just picked two that I could get reservations in. And I probably went to the wrong places because I think Applebee's would have been better. Oh, well, I don't go to Orlando that often, so I probably wouldn't have had that information. But, uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> well, you'd, had, is. you'd had more than Applebee's, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the time of year. Eric comes on the show, folks, a couple of times a year. And we talk about outdoor kitchens. Uh, and then as we get a little closer to summer and the heat cranks up around the country, we talk a little more about outdoor kitchen safety at that point. But this is the first one. So it, it's not only time to plan. If you, I think if you're just planning your outdoor kitchen right now, you're probably a little behind the, the wheel for getting it done this summer, if you're going to have it contracted to do that. I mean, if you're building it yourself, you're on your own time schedule. Tell people what they should be looking at, Eric, uh, and uh, when they're designing their dream outdoor kitchen. You know, I think the first thing when you're designing that outdoor living space, which is that outdoor kitchen, is you got to think about your climate. You know, 
great example, you know, where you're at down there, Leanne, you can design a whole different space than like JT and I can build because we have to deal with freezes. We have to deal with the, with the inclement weather that can really tear apart plumbing and things like that. So you kind of have to plan out, you know, if you're going to have a sink out there, that's great. But for us, when it gets down to 10 degrees on that ultra cold winter day, that's going to cause a mess to plumbing. So you kind of want to think about what's your climate and what's going to work well, because, you know, do you need it covered because you're going to be baking in the hot sun? Do you need to, you know, what are the outdoor conditions you need to control? You know, great example. I I'm still building my outdoor kitchen now, but I have the, the, a raised bar that's eight foot by eight foot. That's an L shape. So you could put like high top chairs around it on the outside. Half of it's indoors under a cover, at least, and half of it's out in the sun because I've got trees and stuff out here, but my countertop surface really limited me because with the sun, there's only a few products you can use out there. They're going to be decorative and a hold up to the environment. Like I couldn't put, you know, the quartz countertops that you see people out there because the UV will damage that. And that white quartz will look yellow in a couple of years. Interesting. So outdoor kitchens, you got to be a little careful with, with the materials to, what might last well in your kitchen might not hold up outside. It sounds like it's really advantageous to go to an expert outdoor kitchen designer just for those reasons, because you may think that you can do this on your own, but you don't know, just like what you said, those elements. Yeah. So for instance, on my outdoor countertop, you know, with it being exposed out there, I used a new product that's a slab porcelain. So this is like a piece of tile, but it's one inch thick. So it's really cool. You can put it out there. I could literally take some charcoal briquettes, stack it up in the middle of my bar top, light it and do s'mores on it and not hurt the countertop. That's how durable it is. If you look at a lot of the barbecue companies like Gorilla Grills, because I work with them on some stuff, Mm -hmm. they have, you can build your own. It's metal. They're on wheels. Uh, you know, you can kind of create your own space. They've got cabinets, countertops, drawers, uh, that type of thing. The, the one thing that I think people sometimes make a mistake when they're doing that is they plummet for water because it's good to have water out there when you're prepping food and doing all that, mm-hmm. obviously. But the drain, too, unless they can tap it into a drain line or a drain field, usually they're going to have a five-gallon white, bucket that they got at the hardware store or paint came in or something. And that's going to be draining into that. The problem with that is a lot of times people forget at the end of the day, they forget. And so yep. now you got this nasty water out there kind of creating icky things uh, besides just the smell. And, you know, you, you got to be careful of that. So any advice on uh, permanent kitchens are one thing, but these kind of, uh, if you will, portable outdoor kitchens and the water and the drain and the gray water and all that stuff. I'll be honest. If you're in an area where it's going to freeze, I would just quite frankly, bag on the idea of having running, running water out there, because even if you go through and winterize it, because if you've got a faucet, you now have something above the countertop that could collect any little bit of water inside one of those kitchen faucet areas you're going to freeze it up at some point, you're going to replace it. And at that point, you just, you don't want to see stuff get destroyed. So unless you have a plan of, okay, 
maybe every four or five years when we get a big freeze without blowing that whole thing out with compressed air, you are not going to get it, you know, really Mm -hmm. taken care of. Now you can put RV antifreeze in the drain and do some stuff with that to do it. But I'll be honest to me, it's not worth the price of having to go through and rebuild and fix stuff every few years when you get it. So to me, for my, for my application, it was pretty easy. I decided not to do it. because I was going to have to drill through the foundation and, you know, dig a tunnel basically to get into where my plumbing is. It's 25 feet to the kitchen and I'm mm. just going to have to do my, my sink work in there and not do it outside. But in the South, I would, I would have no problem in our Southern States, you know, getting a concrete drill, drilling out, putting out and having a plumber plumb in a regular faucet, a regular drain and doing it correctly. So right. you have just another sink out there. What? So, Oh, go ahead. Uh, so you were at the home builder show. Is that correct? In Orlando? Yeah, this is design and construction week. So it is the international building show and the national kitchen and bath industry show all at the same time. So it's 700,000 square feet. And we had about 70,000 people there in three days. Wow. What was your most exciting things that you saw along the pike? I'm sure there were quite a few, but off the top of your head. A lot of home technology that's doing thinking for you, but in the outdoor living space, there was a couple things. Uh, Barrett Outdoor Living had these cool screens that would come down and screen off your outdoor kitchen area. So if you had bugs, wind, even on a cool day, it would sure help you keep that you know, keep that heat inside there. If you had some ceiling heaters, it would sure keep that inside. That was one of them. The other that I, that is really cool is a, it looks like stone, looks like stacked stone. And I thought that was really cool, but the, everybody's seen that stack stone look for outside, but evolve stone has a stone that's been out for a couple of years and they won the most innovative building material product. You nail it on. So it's got a nailing strip. So you can actually do it as a, a DIY project, but you could make it look like an outdoor fireplace, Hmm. but it's actually designed to be nailed on. So that was another cool little space that I thought was cool for, for doing that outdoor living space. That's pretty cool. I want to go back to um, we were talking about the water a second ago. Has, has nobody invented, if you will, like on the theory of RV water, you know, you got a big Winnebago, you fill up the water tank. And then, and then that goes down into another tank. I'm surprised that somebody hasn't invented that where you could have 10 gallons of water at a, you know, kind of a little pump and drain station there for outdoor kitchens and then be able to drain it off into another tank. And then you can, you know, you can pull that tank out. You can do what you want with it, get it, get it emptied, get it cleaned up and put it back. Here's my theory on that. People are lazy. Yeah. And I think you would have a lot of sick people out there. People can't even somehow decide to keep their grill clean, right? Yeah. They look nasty. I would not expect them to keep their water tank clean because my guess is that you have people out there that barbecue two or three times a month at best, maybe once a month. And they have a tank of 10 gallons out there that's sitting out there. They didn't put it in the right spot. So this black tank is getting hot and cold. And you got, the time you go to use it, you got swamp water and that's on the clean water side. Mm. Well, I guess, you know, you can always um, feed the neighbors with it or something. If you yeah. don't like them, I I'm, I'm guessing I don't, 
make ice with it and the guests never yeah. come back over again. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you then you literally do get bad ice, which I've been the victim of a couple of times in my life. And, and it, that's Me too. that's just brutal. <laughs> it was in Orlando, right? I, well, I saw yeah. I saw images. You sent me those famous images of just your legs and your feet and the drink with the umbrella in it sitting yeah. by the pool on Monday after the show that <clears throat> I, I I had a couple of comments about that, but I can't. Yeah, I, I, I was relaxing. That was my R&R day at the Hard Rock uh, Hard Rock <laughs> Hotel there. Uh, it, it was tough. Uh, we're going <laughs> to. We're going to take a break. We're going to be right back with Leanne and Eric Gorenson from around the house. If you need to do a little DIY work, I would suggest you track down Eric on his um, around the house radio show and podcast. We work virtually for the same outfit. Anyway, we're going to be back in a couple of minutes. Don't go away. You are listening to uh, Barbecue Nation, I think, uh, here on the USA Radio Network. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Leanne Whippen, and today we've got Eric Gornson from around the house with us. Um, Eric's going to stick around for after hours, which is always fun uh, and exciting, exciting sometimes, uh, but usually just plain fun. Uh, we're talking about outdoor kitchens today. One of the things that that I think is um, really relevant to this discussion, Eric, is that when people build outdoor kitchens, I have seen this and so have you. They're putting their kitchen and especially the heat sources, if you will, their grill, their smoke or whatever, too close to the house. Oh, man. We have some safety issues there. I'm a <laughs> I'm a proponent of, you know, try not to burn the joint down. So um, and, you know, you and I both talked to Lieutenant Mike about this on our respective shows, but kind of give some people some DIY advice about that. Final sighting and barbecues are not your friend. <laughs> Rule number one. Yeah. Um, if you want to make your vinyl sighting look like it came out of a drippy horror movie, get it within about four feet of it. So know the products that are on the side of your house and do not have that barbecue up against the house. If you have vinyl sighting, you will ruin it. Even a hot, hot day can ruin vinyl sighting. You put any kind of a barbecue next to it, you could literally light the house on fire without it even touching it. So these are things you got to be really, really careful with. And some of the other materials too, um, you got to be careful with because sometimes they'll have a, 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 a siding there and they'll have tar paper behind it or they'll have a membrane back there for waterproofing. You can melt that. So no matter what the siding is, I would say just never put the barbecue up against it. And that's just a good safe a good safe one for you have a couple feet there in between that at least yeah i've i've um worked in places and i will confess uh even at my own house but i have wooden siding but um a couple of times we've we've had events or things like that and you you got so much going on you're not thinking about it you know yeah. i've got 20 people coming i'm doing this i'm doing that 
if if you um, uh, need something simple, try the feel test. Put your hand against the wall, and if it's if you can't keep your hand there for you know three or four or five seconds, it's probably getting too hot. And I'll, I'll give you another tip too. Do not put the Weber kettle out in the middle of the white lawn that hasn't been watered in weeks and months in the summertime. <laughs> so I moved to Seattle and we had this Eric's moving to Seattle party that we had in the backyard and we were at my buddy's house and there was a band in the nineties called Harvey danger. They lived in this house. They were playing music and, and their band and they were, you know, on the MTV music awards and stuff. It was a really cool party. However, my buddy Pete put his kettle barbecue out in the middle of the yard. Well, being rock band and everything, nobody took care of this backyard. It was white because it hadn't been watered in months and it didn't rain. And you know how kind of those barbecues of Weber Kettle Land are? Sometimes all those little pieces of flame don't come and land in that little tray down there. They tend to maybe bounce out a little bit. All what happened? We had a little gust of breeze and it grabbed one of the little embers, dropped it down there. And now we had the barbecue and about a five foot radius fire around the barbecue that was heading towards the house. And so we were out there with the garden hose. We got to, we got to put out, but there were people throwing. One guy decided to throw his cocktail on it and that didn't help. Uh, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Put the whiskey away, guys. We need to use the garden hose. Let's not make this fire bigger. Well, I made for great special effects for your band. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they were singing an old door song, you know, come on, baby, light my fire. You know, exactly. everything. I can do it. Or a little burning down the house, you know, either yeah. a little burning down the house. You know? <laughs> I played that song once or twice on the radio. I can tell you that. Decks. We, you know, we talked about decks and that. I have a Trex deck. Um, by the way, there's a new deck product out that is what everybody that has any kind of heat should be putting on their deck now. No brainer. What is it? It's called Moisture Shield Decking, and I have it at my house, and they've got some new products out. It reflects heat. So one of the biggest problems with a composite deck is if it's 85, 90 degrees outside or hotter, you walk out with bare feet, and it can be 20, 30, 40 degrees warmer than a wood deck because yeah. it gets smoking hot. This stuff is actually cooler than a wood deck. So what's cool with that is, is it, it reflects the heat away. So you, it's cool deck te technology. Hmm. So it's got a 40-year, I think, warranty on it, but you can go out there and walk on it, and it's a cool deck. So it makes the outdoor living experience much nicer because it's not this smoking hot surface that you're standing on out there. So in the summertime, it can make that outdoor kitchen and living area much cooler and the grease and stuff when it drops on it, since it's a sealed product, it doesn't soak into it at all. So if you get some of those drippings down on in front of your barbecue, it's not that big a deal. Oh, makes your pets happy too. Yeah. So they don't have yeah. hot feet. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever no saying things about the pet's feet. <laughs> that's no, that's a big true. deal. That is true. Yep. And I've got wussy feet. Uh, <laughs> I do. I, I, I'm sorry. I just, I mean, if you ask me to walk across anything but a hardwood floor or a carpeted area, I'm, I'm like, oh, 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 same. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. I'm in the same. I'm wearing construction boots and shoes all the time. I'm not <laughs> Mr. Barefoot walking. I was at the airport. I saw a guy walking through the entire airport, made it through security and was walking down the, the way in uh, Orlando. I didn't see the ad shoes on him. So I had no idea what was going on. I'm like, huh, You're daring. That was interesting. Yeah, the shoeless Joe. Huh. Well, 
uh, I've walked past out of security and walked to the gate in my socks um, just because there was no chairs or anything to, you know, put your shoes back, put on. your shoes back yeah. on. And that's why I also switched to slip on shoes long time ago. No lace ups, no boots when I'm flying, just slip ons and sketchers. Yeah. Sketchers are my friends. I'll yeah. tell you about my uh, mishap on uh, TSA, though. In Orlando on the way back on Saturday. That was kind of cool last week. Were you trying to bring a flamethrower back again or something? Well, it's actually what they didn't catch. So I was good. I got into my backpack, which had all my stuff in it, you know, laptops, that kind of stuff coming back. And I'll just put it up here in front of the camera. They missed my utility knife that was in my bag. I couldn't find Mm -hmm. it. I had lost it. So I made it all the way through security, all the way home. And dug through two days later, went, oh, there's my knife. That's scary. Hey, I have one more tip for you on outdoor kitchens that I think people should be paying more attention to. Ventilation. Ventilation is key because I tell you what, so many people out there have that outdoor cover deck and they're smoking up that entire finished ceiling within their, within their thing. And it's one of those things that you got to be really careful with. I want to see more kitchen ventilation and stuff within that outdoor kitchen, because that's one of those things that really can be good for stopping a fire. If things get out of control and you're not lighting that wood ceiling up above you and two, you're getting that bad air out of that covered area. Speaking of bad air, we got to get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Eric, you're going to be with us for after hours. Leanne, thank you as always, my dear. And folks we will be back next week here on barbecue nation. Remember our motto, turn it, don't burn it. And, uh, Enjoy the rest of your week, and we will see you then. Bye. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.